0: Fair ke manch par honge Ranbir Kapoor, Kareena Kapoor Khan, Karthik Aryan, Varun Dhawan, Janvi Kapoor, aur Sara Ali Khan ke electrifying performances. To ho jaiye for Hindi cinema's biggest celebration. Watch the 69th Hyundai Fair Awards 2024 with Gujarat Tourism on Sunday 18th February 9pm. On ZT- the Equitable Life Assurance Society
1: presents Many people in tonight's audience are listening in by special requests. Yes, by mail, by telephone, they received invitations from their Equitable Society representatives. These men and women were selected because they are the type destined to go places in life. People sure to be interested in the Equitable Society's plan for men and women on the way up. In about 14 minutes, I'll give you full details on this special plan for men who don't intend to stay put. It is offered by the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. Tonight's FBI file Ladies of Larceny.
3: The Latin word extortus means to twist or wrench out, which makes it an obvious parent for the English word extortion, for the English word which is the name of one of the most vicious crimes on the statute books. In ancient times, the penalty for extortion was death, and it remained so until comparatively recent days. But while the laws change, man doesn't. And what was true in every era before this is still true today. There are people who try to benefit because they have some knowledge another person does not want made public. It is doubtful if, in any age, there was ever any justification for the extortion victim to pay his tormentor. But if ever there was such a reason, it does not exist today. For throughout the nation, there are law enforcement agencies within a telephone call's distance. Agencies who will come running at your slightest hint of an extortion scheme. The police would like to remove from circulation every criminal of any description, whether they be purse lifters or killers. However, it is safe to say that every officer in the country, and this goes for all of them from the small-town one-man force to the special agents of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, would pick one particular criminal to exterminate first if he had his choice. That criminal is the calloused, merciless vulture who practices extortion. Tonight's file opens in front of an office building in a large Midwestern city. It is late afternoon. FBI agent in charge Fulton has just emerged from the structure as...
4: Hey, Mr. Fulton? Huh? Oh, hello, Jim. Can I give you a light, sir? Fine, I'd appreciate it. You on your way home, sir? Yes, yes, I am. i go right by there in. Well, thanks. Well, Mr. Fulton, I understand that congratulations are in order. Well, thanks, Jim. Twenty-five years with the bureau That's quite a record. Well, they've been twenty-five fine years. I guess you've seen a lot of change. Indeed, I have. Where were you first assigned? To this town right here. Oh, really? <laughs> of course, I had plenty of transfers before I arrived back here again. I'll bet. How big was our office here, then? There were just seven of us. Uh, say, Mr. Fulton, can you remember your first case? Indeed I can. Uh, what was the crime? Extortion. And from a very unusual source. Now, what do you mean? Well, the extortioner was a woman, and she operated from inside a prison. You mean she was a prison inmate? That's right. I can't believe it. Things were much different here 25 years ago, Jim. This city reeked with corruption and graft. Yeah, so I've heard. Local law enforcement officers were completely shackled. What was this woman's partner? Well, I'll see if I can remember the facts. We got into the case when the wife of a wealthy oil man in a neighboring state committed suicide. Uh-huh. Two extortion notes were found among her papers threatening her life if she didn't pay a sum of money. And these notes were mailed from the prison? No, but they were mailed here in town. I believe they requested that the payoff be made to a certain post office box. No. We contacted the post office, found that the box had been rented by a woman named... uh, Let me see. Ann Merchant, I think it was. We checked on her. She had no record. So the box was put under surveillance. Uh And we went to work on the notes. They're written by hand or typed? Neither. Each word had been clipped out of a paper and pasted on the stationery. No. The print uh, the type was a kind we'd never seen before, so we tried to locate the source. You had no idea at this time that the woman in prison was mixed up in this. Oh, no. And by the same token, she had no idea that we were checking on her.
2: Gladys. Oh, Gladys,
5: can I talk to you a minute?
6: What is it, Shirley?
5: Something awful's happened.
6: Uh, You got trouble with the warden again?
5: No, this is personal.
6: Oh, you sent away a quarter and some great big company didn't send you a sample.
5: No, Gladys. It's that store where they caught me shoplifting. They sent me another bill for the stuff. It came to my house and my mother mailed it here to the prison. The store says unless I pay, they'll sue me.
6: Well, why don't you write and tell them to take it out of your salary? After all, you make a half a buck a day. Oh,
5: Gladys, you don't have that.
6: Oh, hi, Betty. I uh, just finished talking to Ann. Did she get the money from the Spencer dame? No, that's what she called about. The Dane committed suicide.
2: What?
6: Ann wanted to know what to do. Is the warden in? No. I, I can use the phone. Good. Call Ann and tell her not to go near that post office box. The cops might be watching it. Yeah, okay. Shirley. Yes, ma'am? If anybody asks you why any file is missing, you don't know what happened to it. Yes, ma'am. And when you finished work this afternoon, bring some more files to my cell. We gotta find ourselves a new sucker.
4: Mr. Fulton, what was the lead that took you to the prison? The type that was used in the notes. Oh. I went to the printer. He told me it was a kind that none of the local papers used. He suggested that I contact some job printing houses, the kind that prints high school and organization newspapers. Oh, you can turn left here, Tim. Yes, I know, sir. Well, one of the printing houses recognized the imperfection in the type. It had come from one of their machines. They then told me that the only newspaper they printed was the one circulated at the woman's prison. That must have been quite a surprise. Oh, not too much, Jim. I told you what the city was 25 years ago. And there was no reason why there should be any less corruption in the woman's prison than there was in City Hall. No, no, I guess not. Well, hey. Well, I guess he wants both lanes. Yeah. Well, what was the next development? This woman who was the contact, the one we set up a surveillance for at the post office, was picked up. No? Did you get anything from her? No. All we knew was that the extortioner was someone in the prison. But that still left us 1,100 suspects. And it left our extortioner, Gladys, free to continue her
2: operation.
6: Shirley, give me a hand opening these boxes. What's in them? Your uniforms. More new uniforms? No, we've got a shipment of new prisoners coming in tomorrow morning. Where are they going to sleep? Oh, that depends on how much they can afford to pay me. Yeah. I'll just take them out of the boxes and pile them up on the shelves. Hey, Gladys. Yeah, Betty? I've been going over the files. I think I found a new customer. Good. What's the story? Banker's daughter. She did a six-month bit two years ago. What was the wrap? Well, they nailed her with some hot jewelry. According to the record, she got mixed up with some guy, and when he got nailed, she took the fall with him. Uh, She's probably back home now, helping Pop take care of the bank. Shirley. Yes, ma'am? You know those forms you got up in the fire room? Huh? The ones where the warden asked the parole board for a report on somebody who used to be here. Uh Uh-huh. Get one. We'll find out where this dame is now and what she's doing. How? Just bring it up to the warden's office. Betty will fill it in and sign it. Okay. And then you take it down to Alice in the mail room. And don't forget to tell Alice to keep an eye out for the parole board's answer.
5: Oh, oh I-, I won't.
6: If we can get lucky with a few more dames, we can leave this joint real rich. <laughs>
4: How did you finally narrow down that list of suspects, Mr. Fulton? Well, that took time, Jim. Time, patience, and cooperation. Cooperation from whom? The man who was chief of police here then. No. No, I gather he wasn't part of the machine. No. No, I went to him, told him the whole story. We both decided that the best way to handle the case was from inside the prison. That must have presented quite a problem. It did. We knew we wouldn't get any place questioning the inmates, so we hit on an alternative planning a policewoman in the prison to see what she could find out, huh? But that had its drawbacks, too. Oh? Huh? Why? Well, the political boss here was a man named Shelby. He had pipelines everywhere. And the chief knew if he sent a policewoman into the prison, Shelby would find out about it within an hour. Was the chief afraid of Shelby? No. He wanted us to break the case. He knew if we could get a federal conviction against somebody in that prison, Shelby couldn't help them, and without his help, they might start talking all the way up the line to Shelby himself. Oh, what did you, the lights change? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what did you finally decide? We gambled on finding the police woman.
6: Following morning,
4: when a new batch of prisoners arrived at the jail, the police woman was
2: among them. All
6: right, all right. Come on, keep this line moving. Hello, girly. Blouse? Huh? What size blouse do you wear? Mm, 38. No 38 left. Take a 40. But I'd like a 38. You can buy one from me later. What size skirt? 32 waist. Oh.
2: Uh-huh.
6: <coughs> here. Size shoes. Eight C. Wait a minute. There's some nines. Now go over there. Put on these clothes and bring back the ones you got on now. Betty, where's them blouses? Right here. Hey. Nice stuff she was wearing, Gladys. Yeah. I should get at least a fin for a dress. Shoes will bring another fin. Come on, girls. Keep this line moving. Size 34 blouse, 24 skirt, and 6B shoes.
2: <laughs>
6: you talk like you've done this before, sister. I've been around. Um, are you Big Gladys? Yeah. I understand you uh, run this joint. Who told you that? I've been around. Can I talk to you? About what? I, uh, got some information. See that dame at the end of the line? The one in the brown dress? Yeah. What's your information? She's a cop. How do you know? She arrested me three years ago. Thanks. Here's your clothes. Go change. I'll see you later in the recreation yard. At the date... Gladys, said uh, think she's on the level? We ain't taking any chances. Well, what are you going to do? You're going upstairs and call Shelby. Tell him to get that dame out of here unless he wants a dead policewoman on his hands. <laughs>
1: Turn in just a moment to this exciting file which shows how your FBI helps protect the security of America. Now let's take time out to glance at the future of America. What is the economic forecast for the 1950s? According to the experts, there is good reason to be optimistic. Most past decades of American prosperity have been associated with one single industry, with railroad building or automobiles or radio. During the next few years, we will have not one but scores of new fields to develop. Atomic energy, prefabricated homes, television, air conditioning, small private airplanes. These are a few of the industries that may well make the America of the 1950s, more than ever, the land of opportunity. For people who expect to be leaders in this dynamic age we are now entering, the Equitable Life Assurance Society has created a special insurance program. It is known as the Equitable Plan for Men and Women on the Way Up. If that describes you, if you believe that your income is due to increase substantially in the next few years, then this plan offers you three important advantages. First, as your salary goes up, your insurance can keep pace with it. When you get that better job or that big promotion comes your way... You can adjust your insurance to measure up to your increased income. Second, while you're waiting, your wife and children have the life insurance protection they need. This means that you have the peace of mind, the freedom from worry about your family, that's essential to a man who wants to concentrate on getting ahead. Third advantage, the equitable plan is flexible at all times. It can expand or contract as you see fit and offers you many desirable options, which your equitable society representative will be glad to explain to you. So why not get in touch with him right away? Phone him and ask for full details on the equitable plan for people on the way up. Or send a postcard care of this station to the Equitable Society. That's E Q U I T A B L E, The Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States. Uh Now back to the FBI file, Ladies of Larceny.
3: A politically corrupt machine which controls an entire city administration with its many fingers of corruption constantly around the throat of every decent citizen, such as is described in tonight's case is not something which has disappeared entirely from the American scene. Advances have been made in wiping out this evil. But it still exists in some sections of the country. And the unpleasant truth is that it exists because of the lethargy of the decent people who hate it most. If you doubt that, consider the fact that in virtually every one of those cities, the fire department is run without political interference. And yet... Control of the fire department is almost as desirable as control of the police. There are many jobs to be doled out. There are sweet treasures to be made through the purchase of inferior hose, inefficient chemicals for equipment. Fire marshals and inspectors could make fortunes by conveniently overlooking fire hazards. And yet, the politician does not go near the fire department because the public simply wouldn't stand for it. Maybe that is because fire is visual, because you can see its danger, its hazards, because you know that fire, once started, is uncontrollable in many cases, and once out of hand can cost you your money, your home, your life. Yet the unfortunate thing is that crime, to which the decent citizen pays so little attention, costs him and you more money and more lives in a single year and fire has been known to destroy in any decade. Tonight's file continues in the recreation yard at Women's Prison. It is shortly after lunch.
2: Betty, did you call Shelby? Yeah, but he wasn't there. Did you leave a message? Uh-huh.
5: Gladys, I just got terrible news. Oh, what? Well. I got another letter about the stuff from the department store. They're really suing me.
6: Well, I'll tell you what you do, honey. When you get out, don't ever go in that store again. Hello, Gladys. Huh? Oh. oh, hi, kid. This is Betty and Shirley. Oh, hi, hi, hi. I, I'm Edith. What are you in for? Jewelry store, heist. Um, Gladys, can I talk to you for a minute? sure. Alone? Well, you can talk in front of me.
2: Well, uh,
6: I hear you've got all the jobs to give out. I'd like to buy a soft one. (laughs) You got it on the house, kid. We owe you one. (laughs) What do you figure you'd like to do? Well, I don't know. What did Betty do? Trusty in the warden's office. Sounds good. I can't put anybody else in there. How about Shirley? I'm in the file room. Oh, it's full, too. Like the laundry? That ain't soft. Oh, you be the watcher. Just see that the stuff gets
2: done.
6: Oh. Well, that's okay. It can start this afternoon. And if you keep out of trouble, maybe I can get you sprung on parole. Can you do that? Sure. Well, why don't you get yourself sprung? Are you kidding? We never had it so good.
2: (laughs)
4: Well, Jim, we were successful in getting our policewoman planted. Without this Shelby's knowing it? Yes. How did you manage that? The chief sent two policewomen in with a batch of prisoners. One of them was a new girl, somebody who wouldn't be recognized. Once they were inside, the new girl exposed the second one. To this big Gladys? Yeah. And it worked. All right, if you go up this hill, Jim, you'll save a few blocks. Uh-huh. All right. What happened to the second policewoman? Shelby pulled strings and had her out within an hour... Proved that he was tied in with the corruption? Yeah. So we just sat tight and waited to hear from the woman who stayed in the prison.
6: Gladys, I just got a call from Sheldon. We got trouble. Why? There's another cop planted in the joint. How does he know? He said that tip off we got yesterday was a fix. What kind of a carnival fix? Well, it was supposed to make us think we nailed a fink. But really, the fink is still here. And she came in with that mob yesterday? Yeah. Did Shelby tell you what her name is? i he's trying to find out. Over a hundred dames came in yesterday. Could be any one of them. Uh, where's Shirley? Over there. Oh. Uh, Shirley! Come here. Yes,
2: ma'am.
6: Has anyone been putting the vacuum on you? No, just Edith. The dame I put in the laundry? Yeah. What does she want to know?
5: Oh, about my job and stuff. She said she was in here for three years, and with me getting out in September, she thought maybe she could take my place. What did you tell her? Oh, what I did.
6: Including the stuff about our using the files?
5: Uh-huh.
2: Oh, great. Well,
6: she's the one, Betty. You, you think so? Figure it out for yourself. She tips us about the other thing, gets in good with us, and then tries to nail us. Gladys. Huh? Shouldn't I have told her? Oh, we're glad you did. Now well, get out of here. Huh? Get out. we got to figure a way to take care of this dame.
4: Of course, we didn't know the girl was in trouble, Jim. We've been getting reports from her right along. Reports on the corruption? No. Officially, we had no interest in that. All we wanted was the writer of those notes. She'd send word to us that Shelley, who worked in the file room, was the weak link in Gladys's gang. Ah, uh, just what was their pattern, sir? Well, they surely got the files. Gladys picked a victim from them, and Betty used the warden's office to find out where the victim was located. I see. What well, gave you everything you needed, didn't it? Yes, except one thing. We couldn't prove it. I know that feeling, sir. However, the policewoman felt that we might get Shirley to sign a confession if I questioned her. So later that afternoon, I went over to the
2: prison. Hi, Shirley. Oh, hi, Edith. Been looking all over the yard for you. What for? I just wanted to talk to you. Well, don't. Huh?
5: Don't talk to me, Edith.
2: Why not? I got my reasons. Wait
5: a minute.
6: Are they your own reason? Edith, I don't want to talk hey, to you. Hey, you two. You mean us? Yeah, you're both wanted in the warden's office. Who are for, Betty? I don't know. Come on. Is this a regular thing? What? Getting called up to the warden? Oh, not unless you've been out of line. We didn't do anything. Hey, let's cut through here. But, Betty, this is the boiler room. It's the shortcut, Shirley. You know that. Now, well, come on. All right, go ahead. Okay. Thanks. Hello, Edith. Oh. Hi, Gladys. Thanks for bringing her here, Benny. It's okay.
5: Gladys, she wanted to ask me questions again.
6: Yeah? What did you do? I didn't say a word. Good girl. What is this? Your badge is showing. I don't get it. Thought you were pretty cute giving us the tip on that other copper, didn't you? What are you talking about? We got word there was still a fink in the joint. We were pretty sure it was you, and now we know. You know what? There's an FBI guy up at the warden. He wants to question Shirley here on the stuff she told you. But you're never going to get to tell him anything. Open the valves, Betty. Okay. What's that for? For you, Copper. As soon as those valves are all open, you're gonna find out what live steam feels like. No, you don't. Come for me, Captain. You'd turn you my hand. All right, it
1: up, Break it
6: up.
1: What? Break it up, I
6: said.
5: What is this? Don't still so fine next time, Mr. Fulton. Gladys, I thought no men were allowed in here.
4: I had permission. I'm a special agent of the FBI. Mr. Fulton, do you mind if I ask you something? No, Jim. What made you leave the warden's office? I found out that the messenger he had sent was Betty Vernon. So I followed her. Oh. I saw her approach the two girls and take them into the boiler room. I guess I got there just in time. (laughs) Yeah. This is my house, Jim. All
2: right,
4: sir. Well, things have certainly changed around this town since those days. Looks like Shelby and his gang have gone for good. They are if the people want to keep them gone, Jim. We didn't clean up this town. Neither did the police. The people cleaned it up by going to the polls on Election Day. You know, in a country like this, the people get the kind of local administration they deserve. If they work hard at keeping their town clean, they get a good administration. If they take the defeatist attitude that there's nothing they can do about it, they open the door to crooked machines. Thanks for the ride home, Jim. You're welcome, sir. Good night. <laughs>
3: agent in charge Fulton commented, prison conditions in that particular city had changed for the better over that period of 25 years. The Federal Bureau of Investigation is also able to tell you that prison conditions in many other cities have likewise been improved. In many prisons today, a job of rehabilitation is done on prisoners so that when they regain their freedom, they can take their place in society. Sometimes that job entails educating the prisoner, teaching him a trade so that he can earn a decent living in the outside world the improvement has not come overnight, nor has it been brought about by an accident. It has been wrought by a group of men who have made a career of prison management, who have dedicated themselves to helping fight the crime wave among those who committed the crimes. Your FBI would also like to call your attention to the fact that the policewoman in the file, which has been dramatized for you this evening, was only one of a very small number of her kind 25 years ago. Today, there are no big city police forces without female members. And of them, on this occasion, the Bureau takes the opportunity to say that their entrance into a field, which was once exclusively a man's profession, has forever disproven the bromide about there being the weaker sex. And that their contributions to law enforcement have been welcome, worthy, and genuine.
1: In just a moment, we will tell you about next week's exciting FBI file. Now one last word on the Equitable Society's plan for men and women on the way up. It's a plan for the man who may be sure that the day is coming when business associates will talk about him like this. I told you Harry Drake was a man to watch. They just made him sales manager. If you're that kind of man, then the sooner you get in touch with an Equitable Society representative, the better. Ask him for full information on the Equitable Society's life insurance plan for men and women on the way up. Or send a postcard care of this station to the Equitable Life Assurance Society. Next week, we will
3: dramatize another case from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. A factual recount of the FBI's efforts to clear an innocent man. Its subject, grand larceny. Its title...
1: The Hollywood Frame Up. The incidents used in tonight's Equitable Life Assurance Society's broadcast are adapted from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. However, all names used are fictitious, and any similarity thereof to the names of persons living or dead is accidental. Tonight, the music was composed and conducted by Frederick Steiner. The author was Jerry D. Lewis. Your narrator was William Woodson, and Special Agent Taylor was played by Stacey Harris. Others in the cast were B. Benederick, Francis Cheney, Ted Osborne, Gigi Pearson, Yvonne Patey, and Mala Powers. This is your FBI as a Jerry Devine production. This is Larry Keating speaking for the Equitable Life Assurance Society of the United States and the Equitable Society's representative in your community. And inviting you to tune in again next week at this same time when the Equitable Life Assurance Society will bring you another thrilling transcribed story from the files of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The Hollywood frame-up on This Is Your FBI. The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, fun for the whole family, follows immediately over most of these ABC stations.
4: Stay tuned. This is ABC, the American broadcasting company.
0: रहा है हिंदी सिनेमा का सबसे बड़ा ब्लॉकबस्टर और माकेदार होगा एंटरटेनमेंट जब करण जौहर आयश्मान खुराना